Hello, podcaster, and what a podcast you're about to listen to today. This show has been all over the place, but not in a bad way, I don't think. In a kind of... It started with a bloke phoning in, as you're about to hear in a minute, just out of the blue with someone he'd spotted, and then it kind of went kind of crazy and downhill, but in a good way from there. Yes, yeah, so hope... I mean, hopefully, you'll hopefully. have to let us know in the comments, hopefully it will mean a decent listen for you. Actually, let me give you a little tweet that someone sent in to us during the tail end of the show. This tweet came in with, like, 15 minutes to go. Uh, the guy is called Beer Gut Blue. He's an Everton fan. He says, what's with all the knickers, nudity, and tassels on today's show? If that doesn't make you want to listen to the end, I don't know what will. <laughs> Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Here's a strange start to the show. We're going to have to stop the show and uh, pause what we had planned. Uh, you can always get in touch with us. You can text us 81215 or tweet us at Absolute Radio. Eddie has got in touch with us. He's texted us. And we have had to call him back to find out more about what he's just got in touch about. Eddie, share with us all what and who you have just passed on the road. A mobile scissor sharpening van. A, 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 a van. I don't understand why you'd need such a massive van. But is, so is it quite yeah. a big van? It's quite a big old van there, right? A, a big old Renault Master, that's what it was. Other vans are available. Well, I didn't know there was a, such a thing as getting your actual scissors sharpened by somebody. Do you know what no. I mean? No. Um, they park it on the drive. I don't know what happens. Well, you make you make a good point there because you, both of you have made very valid points in that Bush didn't realise that scissor sharpening as a service was a thing. I just thought you had your scissors and that was it. But Eddie, as you say, the very fact that it's a service and it's a mobile one because I'm not even aware of a shop on the high street where you'd go and get your scissors sharpened. To get someone to come to you, you yeah. would have to be in some quite big degree of panic. Was it one of those vans, Eddie, that had, yeah. like... Um, like flashing lights on, so that if, so, if it was an emergency, like a cabambulance. No, not quite as bad as that. <laughs> so th this could be possibly the most niche line of work currently in the United Kingdom. I, I would say. I mean, he's obviously clocked like Richie has, but there's nowhere on the high street that does it. So he's gone straight in with a mobile um, service. Maybe it is so niche that it has to be mobile because people won't come from afar to get their blades sharpened, <laughs> so he's got to go to them. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. OK, Eddie, brilliant intel. Cheers for getting in touch with the show. Man, we need to definitely try and find out who has got the most niche job in the United Kingdom. Can you beat a mobile scissor sharpener? Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. I, you know, I love the start of this show. It's been slightly unplanned uh, on this <laughs> Tuesday afternoon. But I like the fact that Eddie, as soon as he saw uh, someone he couldn't believe his eyes with, which was a mobile scissor sharpening van, yeah. he thought to call us first. And he's done the right thing. He's done the right thing. He's exactly in our wheelhouse in terms of stuff that we're interested in. Uh, we're after your stories of whether you've got a particularly niche job. Because whoever works in the mobile uh, scissor sharpening van, no two ways about it. That's fairly niche, isn't we it? think it's very niche. Uh, back in the day when I lived in Devon, I remember spending one summer working at a factory where I would put, you know those little crystals in little tiny pillowcases? The little silica gel things. Silica gel things you get and you put them into the boxes of electronic equipment. Yeah. I did overnight shifts in Churston in South Devon, putting them in boxes. I never I never would have imagined. That's, wow. that's up there. You know if you have like, uh, maybe you might have an umbrella in your cocktail. Yes. Similar level niche bit of uh, creating stuff there. It is indeed. <laughs> 
Primetime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news, and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. I think we've got an answer to the mobile scissor sharpening service. Okay, cool. Karen in Bath texts to say, I'm sorry to disappoint, gents, but hairdressers use mobile scissor sharpeners regularly. I genuinely never heard of this before. So a job that we thought was niche, turns out there's a few of them around. We are after your niche jobs, please. Uh, Al's been on Twitter. He says, I design crisp flavours. That's fairly niche. That is but fairly important. niche. important. Very important. Hannah Dunning tweets to say, currently making leather watch straps and my colleague is making leather briefcases all by hand. Okay. That's pretty damn niche. And we've got James on the line. James, what niche thing do you do or have done? Uh, so, yeah, when I was 17, uh, probably, well, how old am I now? Eight years ago now, um, I used to work for Next in a little outlet village near where I live. And my job used to be to solely decube all of the top of the hangers. Um, and then I had to sort out the different sizes that were on the different cubes, put them into different boxes. And that was all I would do for eight hours a day, maybe for six months. Wow, it's a weird job, that, putting those little size cubes on the top, because when you go, you know, I can't be bothered trying clothes on, but when you go into try some clothes on in a shop and you realise that the size on the top is wrong, uh-huh. you're like, who's uh-huh. done this? They're trying to ruin my <laughs> life. Is that is it your doorstep there, James, or is someone else's fault? You, I suppose you've got to get fun out of the job somehow, haven't you? So <laughs> that's all you can really do. Jeans, <laughs> waist size sabotage from James. <laughs> Love it. And I tell you this for nothing as well. The tops of your, your tops of your fingers after an eight-hour shift were absolutely bruised and battered to high hell. I wow. can imagine. And what do you do now, James? Dare we ask? Uh, I do IT now, so I'm still using my fingers, but not quite in the same way that I used to. He's just moved on from hangers, my friends. Yes. <laughs> the Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. We just uh, heard on Twitter from the Night Shop, who are one of Europe's largest retailers and wholesalers of replica, military and associated giftware. And they say, we specialise in all things medieval, Viking and Roman, from swords, full suits of armour, shields and helmets. Nothing more niche than a sword seller. They're absolutely right. Particularly in 2020, one might say. You never know when you might need a bit of mace. Uh, Mark says, I used to sew the tops of £56 bags of potatoes shut. That was a pretty niche job. They used to sew them shut. Yeah. Oh, the good old days. Uh, right, another one that has caught our eye, though, is yeah. uh, Ant, who we've had to uh, get back in touch, who claims he has a, a very, very niche job. Ant, explain to us what it is then. No, well, I was just having a bit of a laugh there. I thought it might be fun to say that I'm an octopus tuner. Oh, so you texted us saying you're an octopus tuner. There's, th- worse, there's us thinking, man, we need to find out about this guy's job. We take the time to call you. You're just mucking around. <laughs> I am dreadfully sorry. No, it's fine. I, I, mean, I, I can make it all up if you want. Yeah, I mean, go on then. How, how do you tune an octopus then, then? Well, it's it's a pretty uh, specialised thing. You know, I, I I can't really go into it because of client uh, confidentiality. But if you are, well, say for instance, your octopus goes out of tune and you've got a gig <laughs> coming up. Yeah. You, you know, you're in pretty pretty dark place. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll basically tune it up. Okay. Okay. Anywhere in the world. And I've got a question for you. Yeah. What's grey and goes click? Absolute radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. With Tesco Mobile. Every little helps. Here's a little podcast extra for you. Do you know what? I reckon I reckon you held well both of us held our patience with that octopus guy pretty well. What was his name, that fella? Did he leave his name? 
let's have a look. One second, one second, it's one second. Best that we name this man, the yeah. time waster. Ant in Devon. That's it, Ant in Devon. We had really high hopes of speaking to someone who was an octopus tuna. It turns out he was just mucking around. Yeah. It's quite funny, though, that we then called him back and he had to explain the joke. <laughs> Which, that, teach him to do that again. Uh, but someone else has just texted in uh, a little bit further down the line saying, Evening, gents. So much more the octopus tuna could have played on. Like, as it moved, the tentacle goes out of time and it goes around in circles and needs retuning. He's let himself down. He's let you down. He's let everybody down. Just be warned before you text in a gag like that. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. Thank you for all your brilliant texts in so far on the show. Trying to get to as many of as you can because they're so brilliant. We've got Paul on the line. What weird thing do you do? I'm a jet engine instructor on Eurofighter Typhoon. Used to be in the Air Force and did that for 30 years and then moved along and now I just teach the RAF how to fix aeroplanes. So it's fixing rather than learning how to actually fly them? Oh, yeah, I'm on the flying end. That's a bit more complicated than me. But, um, yeah, it's just the fixing end. So I'll show them the ins and outs of how the engines work so they know what to, to look for. Uh, when things go wrong. So if push comes to shove, though, do you reckon you could have a go at flying one? If you had to have a go, do you reckon you could do it? Oh, I could give it a good shot. Uh, we, we do have some simulators, so we do uh, take the students for a fly, so they're... Oh, they're well, where are the... Wow. Richie and I would love to have a go on a simulator. Where's your simulator? <laughs> uh, RAF Coningsby. Yeah, so we've got a couple of simulators there, so that the pilots use them all the time. Oh. That's up near uh, Centre Parks, Is where it? I went. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if we enrolled for like a week, because we'd be terrible at all like the physical stuff, but if we enrolled for like a week, do you reckon we could have a go on the simulator and say, listen, I don't think the RAF's for us, and then just get out of it? it it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. They can only say no, can't they? <laughs> Paul, final question. Uh, if, if your yep. speciality is working on these Eurofighter engines, say, for example, I own a Eurofighter plane, my engine's knackered, I need to buy new one how much is that costing me uh around about one and a half million oh my and in terms of second hand i guess it loses value as soon as it goes off the phone <laughs> court doesn't it well there's got to be a second hand market out there i'm not quite sure what you can pick one up for they I'm must the there must be second hand airplanes out there you can go on <laughs> <laughs> If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. I think we might have arrived at the most niche point so far of the show at this point. We've got Graham on the line. You have to tell everyone this, Graham. What job did you used to do? OK, so I used to be the guy um, picking out the burnt cornflakes. <laughs> you sound like a, a forgotten member of the Beatles for that particular role. <laughs> no one ever gave me the credit I deserved. I was on the first album. One for me, you know. I didn't no, realise that burnt cornflakes were a thing. So what did you have to do, Graham? Well, you just sit there and, like, uh, they come out of a big drum, the oven, and then you sit there with, like, it's like a long pipe, like a suction <laughs> pipe. Right. And then as, uh, like, a burned one comes past, you have to quickly jump over and suck it up. Did you ever think that you were having some form of psychedelic dream when you were doing that job? <laughs> no, the, the worst thing is the, the first night I worked there was a 12-hour shift on a Saturday night. And they actually forgot about me. And I, I didn't even get a single break. And I was just left for 12 hours. Sucking up cornflakes. A, a non-stop stream of cornflakes. <laughs> so what, what are you like now with cornflakes? Do you start to get like a flashback? I don't, I don't touch them. I just can't smell them. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. 
Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. Bit of TV recommendation, bit late to the party on this one, even though we had Stephen Graham on the show. I watched The Irishman on Netflix the other weekend. What a brilliant film. This is one of the songs from it, it really takes you back. And it's a gorgeous, immersive kind of movie set in like the 50s and 60s, Scorsese at his finest. Uh, and there's, in terms of like, there's loads of huge actors in it. Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa, uh, the Teamsters boss. Robert De Niro as Frank the Irishman Sheeran. And my favourite bit of the movie, right, is uh, they're staying at a hotel together, De Niro and Pacino. Uh, De Niro is kind of Pacino's bodyguard, so he has to be with him all the time. Uh, and they're in these twin beds in this old-fashioned hotel room in the 1950s or 60s or whatever. And they're getting ready to go to sleep, but they've both got old-school full pyjama sets on. Yeah. You remember, you like, the proper top that you button up and the trousers and stuff like that as well? Uh, and it's weird to see these two formidable, incredibly shady characters, <laughs> even on top of that, De Niro and Pacino, sat there on twin beds in full you know, set pyjama combos, you know Not what I mean? Not really a sight that you see at all with anyone these well, days. Well, it's a shame, because I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I remember my granddad walking around a lot in his full set pyjamas. He was yeah. getting ready to, for bed in the evenings, he'd always be wearing that kind of thing. And then, when I was watching The Irishman the other week, I just thought to myself, what has happened to the full set pyjama combo <laughs> in 2020 as we as we type of as we speak right now does anyone even wear it anymore does anyone wear full set pyjamas well I'm naked in bed oh dear well no no you, you just asked you just asked does anyone wear them so I thought well I'll, I'll come straight out and answer your question first off it's no, an inconvenient truth <laughs> it is the truth I would say that your duvets and your central heating have killed off the need for your full set pyjama really but I mean like people like me hear a lot of noises in the night I get down and do a lot of security checks mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself I'm watching you know if if it's good enough for Jimmy Hoffa, it's good enough for me. True, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's something kind of quite grown-up and statesmanlike about having a full set pyjama because you've got all the collars and do your buttons up and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Maybe your reading glasses just poked into... Your bifocals poked into your top left-hand Fair enough, lapel yeah. pocket as well. It's just... I, I don't know where... I genuinely don't know where they are in terms of bedwear in the United Kingdom as we speak right now. I wouldn't mind betting that most people will be like myself. As in... As in naked? I don't think so. Really? I think there's something slightly vulnerable and unusual about naked <laughs> I sleeping. I don't think so. Well, listen, we'll put it to you folks, right? I mean, if you don't mind us prior, we're all good friends here on the Home Time Show, and we don't want to know any more than just the basics here, but um, it's a weird question. <laughs> what do you sleep in? What is your bedwear, your go-to bed kit? Are you doing the whole full pyjama kit, or are you like Richie, absolutely stark as... <laughs> Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute Radio. Just asking the question, where are full pyjama sets in 2020 as we speak? Do people wear them anymore or are they dead and finished? Richie's come out with a revelation so far during the show that he sleeps completely naked. Uh, yeah. I was a little bit worried about this. But it seems that maybe I don't know anything about the sleeping habits or the bedwear habits of uh, the population in the United Kingdom in 2020 right now as it is. Sandra says, my ex-husband in his 40s used to wear full pyjamas, hence ex. What's wrong with them, though? I think they look very <laughs> statesman-like. Uh, for Sandra, bad enough to end a marriage. Brian in Peterborough <laughs> says, my husband and I both wear full set matching pyjamas, not just the tops and bottoms, but we actually have two sets that match each other so we can go to bed as a little set of weird pyjama twins. <laughs> uh, Neil in Huntington says, I'm with Richie, I sleep completely naked. I also preferred his pub lunch menu, by the way. All right, he sounds like a wrong one <laughs> from start to finish. And Craig says, up to the age of 45, I slept completely naked. Now I'm 46, it's full 
pyjama sets all the time. Wow, so it's kind of split, really. Some kind of async. Uh, there's only one way that we can possibly get to the bottom of this, and we'd like to have a, a definitive answer on the Home Time Show. I think we might have to do one of our famous five-call surveys. Famous five-call survey. So get in touch now. Just get, whatever you're doing, just stop what you're doing. Give us a bell, because you just want to take five calls, bang, 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 random, put them to air, yep. and see where, what people wear. Five will have to give us a verdict, all right? Absolute Radio. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. With Tesco Mobile, every little helps. So let's have one of our scientific five-caller surveys. Let's go straight to the lines. Who's this? This is Brendan. Brendan, please do tell us what you wear in bed. Completely nothing. Um, oh. Not intended, mate. Naked. <laughs> Absolutely. If the, if the missus wants to keep warm, I'll keep her warm. Oh, oh Brendan. Brendan, right. Okay, thank you very much. Get him off. <laughs> right, okay. Line two. Hello, who's this? It's Sam. Sam, please tell us, what do you wear to bed? Nothing. Oh. Well, <laughs> sometimes just my socks. <laughs> what a wild chance. <laughs> Okay, that's 2 0 to nudity. Sam, thank you very much. Uh, let's go to uh, line three and get a verdict. Who's this? Scott from East Greenstead, West Sussex. He sounds like a nude sleeper to me, Richie. <laughs> well, well, let's find out. Scott, what do you wear in bed? Uh, it's birthday suit all the way, lad. You were right. There's something about them. You can tell in the tone of their voice there's a mischief there. <laughs> 3 0. It's a romp so far. Let's see if we've got some consolation clothing. Line four. Who's this? Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Hello. Who are you? <laughs> My name's Emily. Emily, Emily. You're, the, you're the poshest person we've ever spoken to on the Home Time Show. <laughs> Hello, Tisbury 254. <laughs> so, therefore, it feels very wrong to ask you this next question. Emily, what do you wear to bed? Uh, I wear a pair of knickers. <laughs> oh, my God. OK, Emily, thank you very much. They do much. say that about posh people. It's a bit Jilly Cooper and riders, isn't it? <laughs> right, one more to take. Thank you, Emily. Uh, let's see who this is. Hello, who is this? It's uh, David. David? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Bush, do you want to make a prediction? He's naked, isn't he? What do you wear to bed, David? Absolutely not, I'm gutted and won. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. a 4-1 victory, thank you very much. What a week Richie's having. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. I am genuinely shocked by the amount of people that sleep naked and maybe the uh, the, the twin-matching PJ sets from uh, Scorsese's The Irishman is uh, an outfit sleeping-wise of the past. <laughs> However, I would say this, just give it a go. If I went and got some and I brought them into the show tomorrow, got us a set of, you know, proper full PJs each, right. would you give it a go for a night? I'd, g- <laughs> I'd give it a go for a night. Well, Nigel in Bolton says, Bush and Richie, I thought you both wore pyjamas a la Bert and Ernie in Sesame Street. <laughs> we could give it a go for one evening. We both get a, a matching pair of PJs, a bit like De Niro and Pacino in The Irishman. Just see how we get on. Fair enough, I'll give it a go. Watch this space, I'll bring them in tomorrow. <laughs> Time podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news, and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. <laughs> However, we're serving up another portion of randomness right now with the Home Time Tuesday Tombola. 100 balls, 100 different phone-ins. We don't know what it's going to be. But the tombola does. The tombola does know what it's going to be. And maybe we... it's always decided earlier on, maybe the tombola's made its mind up. That would be amazing if that was the case. And imagine that this morning the tombola has a cup of coffee and thinks, hmm, 
stuff about last time he fell over on a bus. So right now there's a ball that is actually wanting to make its way towards my little palm. It's destined. It's ball number 33. Ball 33. Fallen off. Oh, my God, that's quite close, wasn't it? Not from bad. A, a bus. Fallen off. What have you fallen off? I'll start you off with one. My friend David Lear was uh, getting a badge at school, had to come up on stage to become a prefect. Yeah, so yeah. headmaster up there, yeah. round of applause, all that kind of stuff, his big moment. Uh, a couple of steps up the side of the stage at um, Cuthbert Main School in Torquay, Trumlands yeah. Road. Missed his footing, stacked it down into the first years or whatever they're called these days. He's gone for a Burton. He's fallen off the side of the stage at his big moment. They'd be a year sevens these days. Is that what it is? I get very confused. But, of course, it could be something falling off something. So you could be lifting a trophy and the lid's fallen off or something or other. 100%, yeah. So whatever way you want to take fallen off, if you think you've got a story that works for it... What was the fella who fell off the shoulder of Tony Adams during an Arsenal Cup triumph? That was Steve Morrow. He fell off, didn't he? He did. He He did fall off spectacularly and hurt himself. He did. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute Radio. Claire in Sussex has uh, got us underway by texting 812.15... (laughs) (laughs) says um, says I bought some nipple tassels for a cheeky Valentine's surprise right I came downstairs to find they'd both fallen off and I was left with just the sticky tape Joy it's been a bit of a racy show tonight (laughs) Scott tell us what happened to you Uh, yeah well I fell off of a World War 2 tank in Belgium (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> OK, right. What were wow. you doing there? Well, I was there with the Air Cadets uh, back in the, in the 90s mm-hmm. um, on, a, on a camp. And we went to uh, a work museum and me and my mate Kev Watt decided we'd climb inside the tank. And then what did you, which bit, how did you fall off a tank? Did you get out of the turret and then have a slip or what happened? Well, yeah, we actually climbed inside it and I was trying to climb back out before somebody actually caught us. And uh, <laughs> Kev decided that he would swipe the feet from me and uh, I fell forward and hit my nose off the rim of the turret. Oh! If it wasn't for Kev, you'd have got away with it, wouldn't you? <laughs> Do you ever see Kev anymore now? Are you still friends, you and Kev? We are still very good friends. Unfortunately, he lives in California now. Oh, wow. And no doubt he's regaling people in California with a story about when he swept his friend's legs in a World War II tank. (laughs) Good to speak to you, man. It's a cracking, falling-off story. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. With Tesco Mobile. Every little helps. Ball number 33 has popped out tonight, giving us the phone-in topic, falling-off stories. Now, not every single story has to be something spectacular that you have fallen off. Charlie has got in touch in Hertfordshire, says, Good evening, guys. I found off a small wooden pallet at work. Small wooden pallet. It's probably five, six inches height, something like that. I broke my ankle. Oh. I had to have two weeks off work just before Christmas. What a pathetic way to do that much damage. Don't worry, I've been told not to do it again. Do you know what? I'd love to know in people's minds right now, around the UK, what kind of accident they're envisaging Charlie have, and whether they think Charlie is male or female. That's a whole side bit Good of, point. of the question. Are you thinking like off the side of a pallet onto a gravel floor? Like, oh, you know, like a, a fall at work? Yeah. Uh, accident chaser afternoon advert? Or are you thinking he or she's got her foot stuck between two of the holes in the pallets and has gone over on their ankle? That's a horrendous injury. I'm thinking actually fallen off the pallet rather than a trapped ankle in pallet, which would suggest he hadn't had the chance to fall off of it. Very good point. So, look like the opening ten minutes of casualty. <laughs> Absolute radio. 
Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. I got Jason on the line. Tell us your falling off story, Jason. Oh, well, basically, 1999, it was the last ever Challenge Cup final at Wembley. Yep. And Leeds were uh, playing London Broncos. So there were about 30 of us went down on bus and as you can imagine, we had a good few drinks on the way down there. And the week before, Liam Gallagher, you know, 99, in his prime, you know, was seen in uh, Oxford Street buying some Clark's Desert boots. So right. I'm like, I've got to go. I'm having the same ones as Liam. I'm going down there. <laughs> so a bit wobbly as we were. I goes down, I get the Desert boots, comes out. I thought, right, we're jumping on bus, three of us. As the guy come down, taking the money, the clippy guy, I stepped back and puts me hand in my pocket and I fell straight off the bus and I just looked up and I could see my two pals and the clipping absolutely howling. Coming <laughs> down, down Oxford Street, I'm rolling about in road, my boots went all over, so I, I did find them, fortunately, and I landed at the side of this bus stop with about 12 people at it and not one of them picked me up or says, are you okay? And I thought, welcome to London. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I take it Leeds so still went and beat London Broncos for you? We, yeah, we did. We, we won. Last ever team to win at Wembley. So it wasn't a bad weekend at the end of the day. But, you know, Do you still have the boots? Do you still have those amazing boots? that I've it was? still got them upstairs, yeah. Yes. I've still got them boxed up as well. What an amazing Brilliant. story. Thank you so much. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. I enjoyed that. It was a great show. I enjoyed that very much. I hope they did too. Tomorrow, when you come back for tomorrow's podcast, or indeed if you're just like, you know, absolutely boshing through them and you're about to listen to it next... There's a big announcement in the show. Oh, yes. Good yes. point. I keep forgetting about this. It's huge. It's kind of crept up because we've had so many other things going on. But, yeah, tomorrow's show, really big announcement, and hopefully you'll be able to go. 